Blessings to you today, friends. Welcome to our online service of Reuter Chapel, United Methodist Church. We are so glad that you're here with us. And always remember, wherever we gather, the Spirit of the Lord is with us. Amen. Let us start with a word of prayer. Let us pray. Unfailing and merciful God, who is the inspiration and source of faith for all God's children, impart wisdom tolerance and understanding as we work to model your love here on the earth you created. Through Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to have my daughter Madison come up. We're going to do the call to worship. Welcome today to a celebration of God's love. We are grateful for this welcome. Feel the loving power of God flow into your lives. We open our hearts and lives to receive God's blessings. Come, let us worship God who is always with us. Lord, be with us today as we listen for your words of hope. Amen. Peace be with you again, friends. I uh, pass the peace to you today uh, virtually. Peace and blessings to you. Uh, just some quick announcements. I had mentioned at some point about a Bible study uh, based on the commentary Feasting on the Word. That is coming. Stay tuned. I'm just a little delayed. Um, my school schedule starts very soon. There's one class I'm waiting on that doesn't meet on Tuesday, and I don't know what day the professor is going to select. So rather than pick a day and have to change it, I'm, I'm going to wait a week or two, and we'll get that started. So just uh, stay tuned to all the ways we communicate. Mostly on the Facebook page is, is the best way, but also in the texting that we do as well. So friends, what's on my mind this week? What's the stuff that didn't make it into the sermon but feels very important? Actually, this week I'm going back uh, to last week. I'm pondering the Romans text that I did not preach on. And here are some thoughts 
um, from that text. And specifically, I'm looking at Romans chapter 10, verses 5 through 15. And here we see Paul speaking to the people. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. That's actually verses 14 and 15 in Romans chapter 10. Friends, this is a scripture about evangelism. And we ask ourselves the question after reading this, at least we should, how are the people supposed to know Christ if we believers of Christ do not tell the folks that don't know about him? Will they ever hear the message? And friends, getting the message to people, that is a huge subject all on its own as we ponder the various ways that you could do that. Some people evangelize uh, more by using words and some more by actions and acts of service. Both boldly proclaim the gospel just in different ways. And we should proclaim the gospel to friends, to coworkers, to strangers, really friends, anyone who will listen. And so for some, it's as easy as telling somebody through spoken words. For others, that's a little more challenging and they just prefer by their nature to be in mission and in acts of service. And I suppose it could be a combination of both as we show love for God and our neighbor. And the hope is, as we show love for our neighbor, that others see the need for Christ in their lives. Now for me, friends, I think that I'm a little bit of both, but the more I think about it, I really enjoy acts of mission. I enjoy feeding folks and clothing folks, actions that show Christ's love here on earth. And I've just found out that I am the happiest when I'm doing the Lord's work and service to the Lord's people. Even though I'm a bit outspoken, it's a little out of my comfort zone to just start speaking to folks that I don't know about. I can do it. I can do it. But it seems that I gravitate more through acts of service. So I say to you today, I would like for you to ponder where it is that you're most comfortable because we are clearly called to evangelize. We're called to spread the good news as we see in this scripture. And ultimately, I think that we need to do a little bit of both. But again, a couple of weeks ago, I preached about those small acts of faith, just stepping out just a little bit, just a little bit, friends. We cannot neglect evangelism. And as I read my commentary for this week, Feasting on the Word, the idea of our current decline in the global church, all the churches pretty much, it was mentioned in the commentary. And the question that we might ask is, have we become too comfortable in our worship? Have we become very comfortable in worship, but neglected a little bit the evangelism piece, the going out and telling folks about Jesus? And if we think about the early churches, that's how the early churches grew. We'd realize that the early churches started small, but they were telling people constantly there was a passion about evangelism. And that's what grew the early churches, friends. It wasn't worship rituals. It wasn't the content of the service. That was part of it. But the catalyst for growth was simply to evangelize and to tell people. To tell people who were hurting, people who were hungry for good news about the love and salvation of Jesus. So that's just a question for you that I pose to you to think about, to pray about, and plan for. 
Because I do believe that growing our churches and, and growing the global church proper is about getting the message to the people. And based upon the state of our world today, I don't think anyone can argue that we need more of Jesus. Our communities need more of Jesus. And let us consider how we can use our talents, friends, to spread the love of Jesus, for that is what we are called to do. Friends, at this time, I would like to lift up our praises and our prayer requests. Today, friends, I'm just very thankful that our work has continued. I'm thankful for online technology. I'm thankful for each and every one of you. I'm thankful for everyone that shares these broadcasts. We need this to be shared. We want to grow our, our community of believers. I'm thankful for young people. Uh, my daughter's one of which you saw, another one that's behind the soundboard, helped me every week with the service. I'm thankful for young people. They're actually studying for their confirmation as well. So I'm, I am thankful for those things. And I'm thankful to our teachers and the parents that are educating from home. I'm thankful for everyone who is doing the work of education in this time. So let us, that's a praise and also start of our prayer request. Let us continue to pray for the teachers, for the school administrations, and all the students and the parents. Some parents have become teachers for the first time. Having homeschooled our kids last year, I can, I can tell you that's a bit of a transition. Let us pray for our country. Let us pray for our state leadership, our local leadership. Let us pray for our church leadership, for our bishop, Bishop Trimble, and his cabinet. And let's continue to pray for our church as we continue to ask God how it is that we best evangelize and how it is that we bring folks to God's word, not for our glory, but for God's glory. That's something we should always be praying for as our church. So let us lift up our praises today. Let us lift them high and let us pray for our prayer requests and we lift up all the unspoken requests. And friends, always uh, don't forget, rather, to email me, ron.marku at inumc.org. You can email your praises and your prayer requests, or you can find me on um, our messenger, and you can message them there. Let's not forget our unspoken request and all these that we have listed today. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. God of compassion, mercy, and love, we gather today from many places to praise your name. We praise you for all the blessings you continue to bring into our lives. And we are thankful that you have given freely of your healing love to each and every one of us. Today, we have offered our prayer requests for healing, for restoration, for hope, and for peace. Some have been named aloud while others remain in our hearts and in our minds. Yet, Lord, you hear every one of our cries for healing. You hear all of the prayers we have offered. Now let us place our trust in your compassion. Let us remember that your blessings extend to all people. Strengthen us, Lord, in this time to be witnesses to your love and let us be servants in ministry to all your people. For we offer this prayer in Jesus' name as we say the prayer you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, our scripture for today will be out of the book of Matthew. We're still in Matthew. Uh, Matthew chapter 15, verses 10 through 20, and then skipping over to 21 to 28. Let us pray for God's illumination on these words of scripture. Let us pray. Ever present and loving God, who promised to always be with us, open our hearts and minds to hear the message you would have us to hear today, so that we might be ever challenged and changed while drawing closer to you. Through Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Friends, as I said, the scripture is Matthew chapter 15, verses 10 through 20, and then 21 through 28. Then he called the crowd to him and he said to them, listen and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but is it but it is what comes out of the mouth that defiles. Then the disciples approached and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if one blind person guides another, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, Explain this parable to us. Then he said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach and goes out into the sewer? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this is what defiles. For out of the heart come evil intentions, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, and slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. He answered, it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord, even though the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered her, woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. To God. Well, Madison, come up here. Uh, today's script, uh, scripture in the script, again from Nancy C. Townley out of Ministry Matters, is just a one-person monologue from the perspective of the Canaanite woman. So I'm going to have Madison go ahead and read that. They called me a fool for pestering Jesus. I didn't know what else to do. All the healers, all the prayers, all the incantations over my daughter did nothing. I was going to lose her. Her torment seemed to be getting stronger with each moment. I feared for her life. I love her so much I needed help. Then Jesus came to town. I knew the wonders that he had performed. Word gets around. And I wondered if he might be able to help me. I'm not an Israelite. I'm a foreigner in this land. 
My faith background is not the Israelite faith. They said I shouldn't even be there. Who did I think I was? They kept staring at me. Get away from Jesus, they said. You don't belong here. You're not one of us. I didn't listen to them, or at least I didn't follow what they wanted. I came to Jesus and tugged on his robes, pleading for my daughter's restoration, and he looked at me. Even his disciples said that I should be sent away. Please, please, Lord, please hear my daughter. He looked at the crowds and said that he was sent to the lost sheep of Israel. I didn't care. I took a risk. Please help us, Lord. He said that the bread was for the chosen people, for the children of God. It was not fair to take their bread and throw it to the dogs. I couldn't believe it. A dog? I was a dog? So I summed up all my courage and told him that even dogs get the crumbs that are dropped under the table. I wasn't asking for the whole thing, just some healing for one little girl. That's all. With compassion in his eyes, he looked at me and said, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. Amazed and shocked, I felt as though I was floating. Let it be done for me as I wish. My daughter would be healed. Oh my God, it's true. She is healed. She is well. She is whole. And so am I. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for having compassion on me, a foreigner in need. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Madison. Friends, this week's lectionary text is a classic example. And if I were to title it, I would call it Jesus' Show and Tell. This is a classic case of Jesus making a point. And in modeling his behavior, he was teaching his behavior. The scripture is an excellent example of what was always done and what should be done. Anytime I read or hear about tradition, friends, the phrase I hear is, we have always, it comes to my mind. Let me tell you a story. It's been a while since I told a work story. <laughs> I'm sure that you have missed them dearly. So let me tell you another one. As a new employee in my first few weeks on the job, I thought I'd show some ambition. I thought I would send out some letters to current prospects of the company, to past customers of the company. And I was proud of myself for taking initiative. And I was going to put to good use the training that I had received. And that training I received a while back was that when you're communicating with folks through writing, it's always good to handwrite your letter. If you can, use blue ink because that's more personal. It's a more personal touch. And it would get you a better response rate. So I sat down and I wrote all my letters. Now, I must tell you, my handwriting, not so good. I probably would have been better off to type them. Uh, actually, my handwriting is awful. My family can attest to that. But that's not my point here. I finished all my letters. I personally signed them, stuffed them in the envelopes, and I dressed the envelopes in blue ink, too, because I thought, well, this will be double the impact. I've got a handwritten letter, and I've got a handwritten envelope. So I'm so proud of myself, and I hand them off to the office manager that would typically mail them out, only to see this huge look of disappointment on their face, followed by the words, Ron, what is this? I said, well, uh, these are letters that I was going to mail out to prospective customers. And then the response I got back was, I can't mail these. And I said, well, why not? I don't understand. And I heard those, those words, we have always typed our envelopes on the typewriter. We've always. 
That was just the start of a daily practice of hearing, we have always. Many creative ideas were, were, were put, put down because we had to follow tradition. There was a rule and there was a procedure for everything. And although there were rules and procedures for everything, there wasn't a whole lot of creativity or innovation. And the business was suffering because they were trying to hold on to those practices that were not effective. Tradition took the place of nearly everything else. So now when I think about tradition, I oftentimes think of we have always. But today I want to submit something to you. We have always has a counterpart. It has a best friend to it, or it should have. When we say we have always, we should stop for a minute and replace those words because we're also saying we have never. In other words, because we've always done one thing, we have never tried another thing. Think about it. Isn't it true? When we hold on to the things so tightly that we've always done, don't we sometimes neglect the things that should be done? Perhaps we even know we should do them, but we just haven't figured out the best way to accomplish it. We haven't figured out the best procedure for the new idea. Or maybe we've lacked the money at times. We've lacked funds to do it. And so as I open this discussion about transition or tradition, excuse me, please don't think that all tradition is bad. In church, we have plenty of traditions that we all love and we have rituals, communion, is a ritual. Our special services are ritual. Our churches are full of ritual. As United Methodists, we have many loved rituals. We have many set ways to do things, and I'm very thankful for them. Ritual is one thing. Tradition overall, not a bad thing. But holding on to those practices and traditions that are not effective or being hesitant to grow in new directions is really what I'm talking about here, friends. So in today's scripture, we pick up with Jesus calling the crowd to listen and understand. Now, we should always listen to Jesus, friends. But here again, it's called out expressly. Jesus starts with listen and understand. And so we should pay closer attention. But we need to go back. We picked up here in verse 10. We really need to go back to verses 1 through 9 in this chapter. And we see the interaction with Jesus and the scribes and the Pharisees. And Jesus has been questioned by these teachers of the law why the disciples eat without washing their hands. Why do they do why don't they comply with tradition? In typical Jesus fashion, then Jesus asks a question. Why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? And Jesus says that Isaiah's prophecy was correct and he says these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Ouch. Ouch, friends. In this discussion, Jesus clearly states it's not about what the religious teachers put into their mouths, but it's what comes out of their mouths. And what comes out of their mouths stems from their hearts, and the hearts of some are full of evil intention. You name it, we saw in the scripture of murder, of theft, false witness, slander, adultery. The actions that stem from the heart is what defiles, not the purity or eating rituals. In other words, friends, we are unclean because of our sinful actions, not because of washing our hands or ritual purity. 
It's not the traditions that make us pure. In fact, holding on to traditions that exclude others from God's word do the opposite. And we see in the scripture, every plant that God has planted will not be uprooted. It's about God's desire. It's about what God plants. It's about our actions, friends. And those who cannot see God's word lead others who follow without knowledge. And we see in the scripture, both end up in peril. So loosely translated today, God's mercy and grace is available to all, not only those who follow tradition. And friends, again, we see in the scripture, we are to focus on God and the teachings of Jesus. We are to worship authentically, listening for the spirit, not for the sake of our rituals, but being fully present. And as feasting on the word says, so bluntly actually, for Jesus Religious purity and religious discipleship are not measured by how many perfect attendance badges we earn for attending church, or how often we read the Bible from cover to cover, or how much we contribute financially. Now hear this, friends, this is my favorite part. Purity and faithfulness are ultimately shown by how the church speaks and lives out the radical hospitality of Jesus. It's through our actions, radical hospitality. That is what this church stands for, radical hospitality. So friends, this is, in my estimation, uh, a classic scripture of show and tell. Jesus is modeling behavior. He's modeling how to go and do what he's talked about. And friends, we are to be the hands and feet of Jesus ourselves, showing love, hospitality, and grace, radical hospitality and grace to all of God's people all the time, especially those who are oppressed and marginalized. We are to live the teaching. We are to be the sermon in action. In doing so, the churches of the world need to say less. We have always. And need to start looking objectively and say, you know what? We've never tried a sustained evangelism program. We've never tried blue handwritten ink and hand-addressed envelopes. We've never had a dedicated mission team where we didn't sustain it. Can you see the difference? It's not we have always. We need to look at what we have never done as we look to serve all of God's people. All right, I could, I could uh, this will preach for a while, but I need to move on. What about this interaction with the Canaanite woman? So when you first read the scripture, it almost seems like two completely different scriptures or lessons, even how it's listed in the lectionary, verses 1 through 10, and then you skip over. But it's not. And the second part, this is the show part of the show and tell mode. Jesus is modeling the lesson that he just taught. And there's lots of details here, friends. Jesus is approached by someone who wasn't supposed to be speaking with him, an outsider in every sense of the word. If we see something kind of out of character, really, Jesus doesn't really listen to her at first and even makes a statement, I didn't come for you. I came for to save the lost sheep of Israel, of which she was not. And we have a demon-possessed daughter of this outsider. Both were outsiders. So we have her, her mother, Jesus, and the disciples. And as Maddie read, and as we see in the scripture, the disciples are even saying, Jesus, turn her away. Telling the lady, go away. But friends, she doesn't leave. She's persistent. And what we see here, again, so beautifully written in the Bible, we have a role reversal. 
And as Feasting on the Word again points out, in the conversation to start this lectionary scripture between Jesus and the Pharisees, it's Jesus that has all the questions and all the punchlines that bring learning to the Pharisees. But when it comes to Jesus and the, the Canaanite woman, the Canaanite woman is asking the questions of Jesus. And Jesus alters the way that he responds to her. Friends, this is very important in the scripture. We see in this passage that Jesus course corrected. It wasn't we have always. He course corrected. His mission was clear, but he changed the course. And while he may have started to say, I have always, he changed course. And the Canaanite woman broke every boundary possible. But in her call for help, a call that understood very clearly, she understood that it was God who offers salvation, saving work for all of God's people. She pled her case to Jesus, friends. She asked for mercy that is available to all. She was willing to break through barriers. And as the commentary states, she believed her and her daughter should benefit from God's ruling activity. And this is what Jesus calls faith. Let me say that again. She believed her and her daughter should benefit from God's ruling activity. When we believe that God saves and God rules and we believe in that, that is faith. That is what Jesus was drawn to in her plea. And we see in the book of Matthew that Jesus is not afraid to learn from others. He learned from the Canaanite woman that day. And friends, as I close, start to close, that's in pastoral form. You got to close a couple times. My friend Brad from Methodist School, Theological School in Ohio, he just graduated. He is just an excellent interpreter of the Bible. He posted on Facebook, and he and I had a conversation. I said, can I use this, sir? And he said, of course. Here's what he wrote. He says, all of us Gentile folk are indebted to the Canaanite woman. The entire divine mission pivots because of her insistence to be heard. God sees and hears us all. Because she claimed her somebodyness, God claims ours. All about mercy and us claiming our somebodyness calling upon God's mercy when we're in need, friends. Friends, as I really start to close, or I close, let's be reminded there are a lot of people who are hurting, who feel excluded because of their uniqueness or their sameness, I suppose, because of their somebodyness. And the role of the authentic church is to bring the word and love of God into the world, to bring a word that is not bound up by ritual and expectations, but by radical, there's those words again, radical love and hospitality. Again, we see Jesus answers, cry, answers cries for mercy and Jesus rewards bold faith. All of God's children are invited to the table. And once again, we can't help but see Jesus modeling the things that he taught, showing us the way that we should go. But this time, friends, we just I just have to mention we see Jesus course correct. He didn't hold on to the rigidity of the mission. He heard the merciful plea that was rooted in faith that God could fix this problem. And we too, friends, must make changes as we bring the transformation of the world, as we make disciples of Christ for the transformation of the world. Let us not say we have always, 
But let us start to say we have never and that we should try radical hospitality at every turn in the service to God's people. Friends, be the sermon. Live your life as if you were the sermon. Be the show and tell for folks that are hungry and hurting for God's word. Amen. I'm going to have Gene play a song. This is from Melissa Ann in the Out of the Box Band. It's called Call Out. I think it is just so appropriate uh, to this. And she's been such a blessing to us at Reader Chapel. Um, Melissa Ann, call out. And I'll be back.
friends. Call out to God in mercy. Amen. Again, that's from Melissa Ann and her band, On the Box Band. I mentioned this last week, but I'm going to mention it again. Uh, when it's safe to do so, we gather one of our outreach missions. One of the ways that Reuter Chapel is the hands and feet of Jesus is we have uh, an outreach called The Village, in which, which we have great music. Um, Melissa Ann has come and played a time or two for us. We have fellowship, and when we can, we have a meal. And it's, it's about that, gathering together to praise God. So um, stay tuned. First chance we get, the village will come back. It's a, an outreach very near and dear to us at Reuter Chapel. So we hope that you'll join us for those as well. Friends, uh, the offering information is on the website always. Uh, most folks are mailing a check to the church. That's perfectly acceptable. We do have an online giving platform. So on the Facebook page, if you click on the About Us tab, and then there's an icon, and it looks like the world. You click on that. We use a platform called Tithely. Very simple, very secure. You can set it up once, and then once it's on your phone or computer, it's very easy to do. So uh, we appreciate you supporting our ministries, um, both folks that listen online and gather with us. Um, we, we appreciate it. We know God will bless you as well. So let us, let us pray for the offering. God whose greatness surpasses our understanding. God who calls us to relationship with our community. Bless this offering so that it may be used for your glory. We ask that you bless the gifts and bless the givers. In your son Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Friends, the benediction for this week is as follows. Jesus' love and compassion has been poured out for you today. Go into the world in confidence bearing forgiveness and love for all God's people. Go in peace, friends, but as I always say, go and tell someone about the love of Jesus. Show them radical love and hospitality. God bless you all. Amen. I'm going to close out with our closing song.